listener production. US stocks drift higher as investors look ahead to the rest of the week, which will bring with it important earnings and inflation figures. And Aussie shares expected to improve on Tuesday with business and consumer confidence surveys in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, the 11th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it was good to see the gains on Wall Street overnight. It was probably best described as a workmanlike effort. To what extent do you feel the residue of last week's sell-off? In my mind, that's still quite significant, the way that the market was prepared to sell off to that extent with those ADP figures in particular. You kind of just sense a wariness in this market at the moment, don't you? Absolutely. So caution prevails ahead, as you mentioned, Tom, of Wednesday's consumer price report and the start of the US corporate reporting season. So we also heard from US Federal Reserve speakers last night, so it was yep. a bit to digest for investors. So let's quickly just run through what the stocks did. The Dow was up 0.6%, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ each rose by around 0.2%. But that's probably made more interesting by the fact that we saw quite a significant drop as far as long and short-term bond yields are concerned. It's very difficult to talk with about one without the other. A 10-year Treasury note at 4%, so that was down five basis points, and a two-year note down by around seven basis points to 4.86. So within that, you know, to see the NASDAQ probably uh, only post a slight gain was a little interesting, but particularly given the fact that the liability for the tech space was your large marquee tech names. They weren't taking any notice of that drop in bond yields. Indeed, we saw mega cap technology shares such as Tesla fall by 1.8% and Amazon.com shares dropped 2% before its Prime Day sales Mm. event. So not much support there from the technology space. And certainly we had a bunch of US Federal Reserve officials speaking And those officials said that additional interest rate hikes are needed to bring down inflation that is still too high. So we heard from Michael Barr, Mary Daly and Loretta Mester alongside Atlanta President Raphael Bostich. So we had a smorgasbord of commentary there, but the narrative is the same. There's still expectations for further rate hikes, Tom. I suppose what was interesting, Ryan, was that the measure of inflationary expectations uh, in the US, uh, that moved in an encouraging direction. So again, you know, I suppose it comes back to what the Fed officials keep harping on about, more rate hikes, and that is having an impact on consumer inflationary expectations. Absolutely. So the New York Federal Reserve reports each month a survey of consumer expectations. And in the month of June, respondents saw inflation levels in a year's time now rising by 3.8%. And that is the lowest level since April 2021, which is very encouraging because if we see consumer inflationary expectations anchored at high levels, that means that spending is crimped and therefore wage expectations build and the central banks need to do more. So that was a great development. I suppose what stands out in my thinking is the contrast between inflationary expectations in the US and inflationary expectations at home. And it all comes down to the consistency of the messaging from the central bank. And what's very clear is that the US Fed is doing a far better job in terms of managing this conversation, uh, dare I say it, compared to the Reserve Bank. It appears that way. So we have seen a lot of jawboning, as it's called, by US Fed officials. And the message is loud and clear. 
And we can see that also reflected in the US consumer credit or borrowing data that was also released last night, Tom. So US consumer borrowing slowed to more than a two-year low in May, reflecting the first decline in non-revolving credit since the onset of the pandemic. So non-revolving credit is loans for school tuition and motor vehicle purchases. That decreased by $1.3 billion, the first decline since April 2020. So we are seeing five-year lending rates for new vehicle purchases reaching a staggering 7.8% in May. That's the highest since 2006. And then we did see at the same time credit cards, re- revolving credit outstanding, rose by $8.5 billion. And that does represent a slowdown after sharp gains in the previous two months. But credit cards issued by commercial banks carried a 20.7% rate in May, Tom. That's a record going back to 1972. So that's it's quite discouraging. watering, isn't it? And I suppose all of those things contribute to a tightening of financial conditions, which is you know, ultimately what is going to be one of the retardants that you'll be using to manage that inflationary picture. So ultimately good news, I suppose, Ryan. Well, lower unemployment and steady wage gains have provided many consumers with support for their spending, but of course, persistently high prices and rising borrowing costs have meant that others have had to dig into their savings or rely on credit cards to keep up. And we're seeing that reflected in the data. As far as other things that are worth talking about uh, since we have last spoken, the uh, inflation figures that we saw in China, Ryan, a little bit of an alarm bell as far as that economy is concerned. And I was uh, a little bit surprised. I, I thought commodity prices could perhaps be a little more aggressive in their response. But you know, particularly where oil was concerned, it was only down by about a percent. I thought that uh, perhaps that that might be affected a little more starkly. But NYMEX light sweet crude oil overnight down by 1.2% or about $0.87 cents to $72.99. Gold, not vastly changed, but slightly lower, down by around 0.1 of a percent to 1,931 US dollars per ounce. And iron ore, it's ratcheting down. It's not dropping out of bed, but it is moving towards that $100 mark you feel, down 1.2% in the most recent session, a decline of $1.33 to $109.21 US per tonne. Well, Tom, the inflation data adds to mounting evidence that the economic recovery in China is cooling. Deflation concerns have risen in recent months. And that's weighing on confidence in China. It's the opposite issue that we're seeing in Western economies. Producers have already had to contend with lower commodity prices, as you mentioned, and weak demand at home and abroad. So we did see the consumer price index unchanged year on year last month, which is highly unusual. and Breathtaking in this climate. Absolutely. And producer prices fell by 5.4% in June year on year. And that's the weakest outcome in seven and a half years. So really there's hope that... China looks to stimulate their economy somewhat. Of course, we are still seeing at the same time consumers and businesses continue to hold back from spending or investment in the hope prices are getting lower and that could lead to a self-fulfilling price dropping spiral, Tom. Indeed. I suppose the other vantage point of that discussion is that countries who import inflation from other places like China would be the beneficiaries of that and that is uh, an important consideration. So, Uh, ultimately for America, for Australia, very good news in relation to Chinese prices. Potentially, yeah. So input for production for a lot of businesses could ease on the back of this news. Certainly, we have heard from Rio Tinto in the last 24 hours, and they've highlighted the slowdown in the world's largest importer of iron ore. And this is amongst steel prices declining in China at the same time. Mm. So iron ore prices are definitely under pressure at the moment. 
It's interesting because it wasn't all that long ago that the big miners were quite encouraged by what they were seeing in China and that narrative seems to be cooling down a little bit. So important to you know hear what these organisations say anytime. But I suppose the attention that will be focused on the earnings results coming up in the next uh, month or so will be central to how our markets end the year, Ryan. Just on the Chinese story, it's probably important pointing out that overnight in the United States, we saw chip makers Intel and Qualcomm, their shares rose by up to 2.8% after US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said over the weekend that meeting with senior Chinese officials were direct and productive. So we have seen a lot of toing and froing between the Americans and Chinese about semiconductors and chips, artificial intelligence now and the like. So it appears as though Ms. Yellen's visit was productive. As far as the local picture is concerned today, Ryan, quite an encouraging start is in the offing with uh, the ASX 200 expected to be up 0.7% or about 47 points. That's a decent improvement for the market, considering that the last two days have seen sellers consistently get the upper hand. And one thing to note today is Invocare. So the funeral operator, not the most pleasant topic of discussion. That's because TPG Capital's due diligence period has now expired and no agreement has been announced. The private equity company has been looking to acquire the funerals company for $13 a share. And we did see the share price close yesterday at $12.39. But there are some developments there to take note of and look out for that one today. But of course, the big focus today will be on business and consumer confidence surveys here in Australia. And we think that the Reserve Bank Board's decision to leave rates on hold in July should see a small relief rally or improvement in consumer confidence when it comes to the Westpac and Melbourne Institute survey. And we did see back in April when the same thing happened, we saw sentiment jump 9.4%. We don't expect it to be that strong this time round, but certainly there are some clearer signals that inflation has passed its peak in Australia and that could be reflected in inflation expectations and dwelling prices continue to lift. On the business side of the equation, we have seen Conditions ease off elevated levels, but measures of price pressures remain elevated. So looking out for labour and import costs and the inflationary story there will be key today and also forward orders, which is a leading indicator of economic activity. In fact, it's, uh, they are comprehensive surveys that will be quite valuable uh, at this juncture, particularly as you highlight uh, in the midst of a pause, um, even though it's not being considered as anything uh, more meaningful than a breather and that more rate hikes are expected. So the anecdotes around all of that will be pretty interesting today. The Aussie dollar has actually put on about a quarter of a cent against the greenback overnight. So as we start the Asian session, it's trading closer to 66.8 US cents. Ryan, have a wonderful day. Uh, Thanks very much for tuning in, everyone. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.